and welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What up, everybody? We're back. It is December. We are in the holiday season. The holiday spirit is abound. We have Christmas music playing everywhere. Uh, we got Ruben Bressler on the mic. I'm playing, I have a microphone this I'm, week. Yeah, I'm playing Whamageddon. Have you heard of this? Oh no! Uh, you have to you have to get to Christmas without hearing Wham's Last Christmas. Yep. Ah, uh, that's impossible. I haven't lost it's, yet. It's really? particularly yeah. tough because there's a movie called Last Christmas yes, this ow. year. But they don't like watch a lot of commercials. They like yeah. have to go get my trailers. They released that movie though, as they often do with Christmas movies, like a day after. Th- no, like like they released like, it. You release Christmas movies on Thanksgiving. No, no, they released that movie like a day after Halloween. It was released oh. at like the beginning of November. Oh, it's also a strange movie because like you get I remember like Bridesmaids and these like really good Paul Feig movies. Mm-hmm. Last Christmas is just like basically a rom com. It's like really a strange well, marketing campaign. Wait, wait, you don't like you. You aren't you aren't attuned to the fact that like cheesy Christmas rom coms are like a genre that people love. Like one of Netflix's like most watched yeah, 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 genre of videos are those. So this is just leaning back into that as totally, a genre. Totally, totally. I just I in general I've been a pretty big fan of like everything Paul Feig has done, even a simple favor, and this was like a movie that I just was like, I have no interest in seeing. Did Paul Feig do this movie? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it's that. A Paul okay. Movie. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. That's, that's enough. That's movie why talk. I was confused. I didn't know he was yeah. All right. No more movies. We're talking so, about magic. Uh Today, we are talking about two things. Pioneer Bansom stuff. Uh, if you've been listening to this podcast for the last four weeks, we've talked about that every week. So on top of that, we're going to be talking about Secret Layer. Secret Layer is a sweet product. You know what this is? Of course. Oh, I love the Secret Layer. Okay. Uh, I've looked at all, I mean, the artwork, everything. It's yeah. like, it's incredible. So, so for people that don't know, uh, Wizards has released how many of them? I thought when they did the article, they previewed like five or six. That's not all of them? I have them all listed. Here we go. Uh, it is starting. We got the... F- not the full bundle. That's right. Oh my God, kitties. One. Yeah. Kaleidoscope killers. Two. Uh, explosion sounds. Three. Searing visions. Four. Restless in peace. Five. Eldraine Wonderland. Six. Bitter blossom dream. The website did not work on mobile as much as I went. So hopefully, a dream. So seven. So we got seven. So bitter blossom dream. I would. So, so what they are is these are like special deluxe format sets that Wizards has decided to release where you can order these and they're like basically really unique art- artistic takes on cool things and cards that have existed over time. So this one, the Bitter Blossom one you talked about, yeah, it's Bitter Blossom and how many tokens? Four fairy tokens. And it's like unique, awesome art that if you lay out all the tokens with the Bitter Blossom forms this really cool like swarm of fairies being created. It's like really beautiful colors. It's, it's a very, yeah. very cool product. I'm hoping that Marshall just like animated a swarm of cards going across the screen right there of this (laughs) card. Yeah, but they're all, they're all, it's all like really, really unique concept art that goes along with existing cards Mm -hmm. for the most part. Obviously this one is only one real card and then four tokens, but uh, each of the different sets is really beautiful and really, really cool. And I think it's an awesome product. I think this is one of the, this is one of the premier, like uh, only available for a limited time. Oh, that's, that's the other thing, right? There's only a limited number of each of these based on what's ordered. Isn't that how it works? They're only making as many as get ordered of each one. Correct. So it's not it's not like uh, the Masters Edition or whatever where there's exactly 2,000 copies and once they sell out, they're out. It's, right. it's anyone can order it. They're going to get a number and then that's how much they're going to make. So so to kind of go over what the different ones. So so Bitter Blossom was, I guess we're doing this first and then we're going to do the sure. Pioneer Bands. Cool. Uh, Bitter Blossom was the first one. You kind of mentioned that one. The next one was Eldraine Wonderland, which are five... Uh, snow basic lands in the style of Eldraine. They're really gorgeous. Artwork. They're really, really, really pretty. Um, you have Restless in Peace, which I think is my favorite, which is Life from the Loam, Golgari Thug, and Bloodgast. So like dredge high profile key cards. Um, 
You have Seeing Visions, which are four copies of Seeing Visions and really unique, Seer cool Visions. Seer Visions. Sorry, uh, really unique, cool, very art art deco is the word I'm going to use at least for one of these art styles. Yeah, yeah, really, really interesting. Uh, from four different artists, and then you have Explosion Sounds, which is five different key Goblin cards. Uh, all in like a really specific cool art style. The goblins are all the same artist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just it, it doesn't say Mark. I can't read that uphill. Uh, Kaleidoscope Killers are three like key five color like kind of the three key kind of different five color generals that are out there. You have the the, the, Reaper the King. Sliver Lo- Overlord Reaper King and the Ur Dragon. Okay. Um, and then you have OMG Kitties, which is the thing they kind of announced the product with, which is just a bunch of cat product. Yeah. And for the most part, these are retailing between $29 and $30, $40. And other than the cat product, I believe the cost of the cards that you're getting was higher than the cost of this product is. And with the cat one, my guess is that's going to be the best selling one. Like it, just because the cards aren't worth anything, yeah. these promos with this really cute chibi cat art is going to do very well one of the coolest things about magic uh, and i've said this time and time again and this product is just the, this is like the purest version of it is that one of the things we all love about magic is the collectible aspect right mm-hmm. it is a collectible card game so you have your decks you have your you love to everybody loves to trick out their decks That's, sure. there's a reason people like to foil their stuff out and you sometimes will have like a really unique special foil promo version of a card what i have found over the years is I'm not that obsessed with necessarily the value of my special promo. Like, I don't care that much if my version of the card is 10 times more expensive than the regular version. Mm-hmm. I just like it to feel unique. Like, I don't see it very often. I like right. the one that I have feels like not as many people have it. Well, I and, think, yeah. And what's so cool about these is because they're only making a limited number. In five years, it's not like they're going to reprint these ones. Like, these will just be the only version that exists like this. Mm-hmm. And, and that will be a very cool thing to own, a very cool thing to have, to play a Serum Visions deck that's got the four different Serum Visions. Right. And in a few years, no one else has those serum visions you know that's and and i think something that's really cool about it like it's interesting because you know there's two pieces of magic flavor in in reality there's the story and there's the art and as much as i've had problems with where the story has gone basically or how the story is being presented basically since war of the spark the art has been kicking kicking butt yeah yeah like you have the and especially kind of the cool promo stuff they're doing where you have the japanese planeswalker art in war of the spark japanese boxes you have the uh shattered glass um mm-hmm. promo windows the, the, yeah. the oh, yeah, yeah. glass windows, glass windows. Which, and is is now been revealed is in the secret layer product so if you get a secret layer product it, each one comes with a random or specific uh, stained glass one. Some of them are randomized. Some of them are specific. I think, for instance, a Johnny always comes with the cat one for the cat reasons. Uh, <laughs> um, so, like, and then on top of that, look at Eldraine, right? The new borders and all the secret, the the, yeah. the special borders on the Eldraine pack. So, like, I'm loving this new, unique card art releases, and would love to see more of this. I mean, I think that the I think that the the foiled out adventure alt art is that's like one of the cooler looking new things I've seen in a while. Um, it's 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 very very cool. But yeah, I, I definitely think that you know when you talk about just like having a unique art version of any card you like, it's one of the coolest things you can have. I, we talk a lot about or every once in a while we reference Highlander, and and you go by these weird cards, the Commander, like, like any of these singleton yeah, formats, very similar. One of my favorite things is when I decide in one of my decks to play one of those old invasion or like apocalypse split cards, and then I go look online and I find that I can buy the FNM promo foil split version 
like for like a dollar because sure. the card's bad, but I love it, and it's so unique, and no one has them. Like that makes me so happy. So it's very cool. I think they're introducing more more unique card art. Right. It makes Magic special. Yeah, and and like something we're gonna do today is I, I have three, and I think you have three, and Ruben hopefully has a few um, of, and he might not have had them, but now he knows to think of it. Yeah. As we go of uh, secret layers that we would like to see in the future, uh, I also have a bunch of stuff from the Twitch or not Twitch, a bunch of stuff from Twitter. Uh, ideas from Twitter, and we'd love from the the Twitch and YouTube chats right now. If you can just comment, and Ruben will will make note of cool ideas you guys have as well. Um, the first, but before that, I do want to talk about something that uh, Hagen uh, brought up. Okay, uh, who is the moderator? He's moderator one of, the moderators of like everything, of our, of yeah, our Discord Facebook and Facebook group, yeah, um, and does awesome data dumps every week. If you are part of the Facebook group, you can kind of check that out. Um, but he brought up that Wizards could do a really cool job of making these a monthly dump. So instead of like a, a subscription box yeah. service where I would pay $30 a month or even $40 a month and get one of these and we we had predicted on Magic Mike's that that's what this was going to be. Like we were a little surprised when they announced it and it wasn't like Loot Crate, when it yeah. wasn't a monthly release. Um, I think a lot of people were of the opinion of like, oh, it's like a $30 a month Magic promos loot crate sounds great let's do that and then this happened and it was still great yeah. but surprising that this, it wasn't that this is almost more of an advent calendar so the, those who don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for the next seven days nice. every day you can buy and right now for people on the live stream this is the day you can buy the first one which because i think is the blitter blossom one because they're only available for one day each right. once the sales are done for that day you move on to the next one so you missed yesterday which had all seven available as single packs so today we're, they're doing better blossom and i don't know which day is which um i think that's probably the order that i read them in mm -hmm. um but then i think cats is last i think cats it's saving cats i think it goes cat yeah we don't have to go through the schedule but yeah every day this week so today for people watching the live stream make sure to go get it for people on wednesday who get the audio feed you'll have the next one uh for people watching this the edited version on thursday <laughs> this is also a release schedule you'll be able to get a different one that day and then friday saturday sunday and the monday um so i think it's really cool i think yeah. like um i do think that the long run version of this could be a loot crate situation. Yeah. But I also can see this just being Wizards Christmas product, right? They realized that people wanted the silver border Christmas cards. People wanted these things. And this is a different alternative version of that. And I can imagine that being kind of the way forward. Movement. Yeah. Um, so we are going to talk about each of our picks for things yep. that we think could be secret layers here in the future. And, and, and while we do that, uh, or as we get ready to do that, there's a couple things we want to do. We want to shout out some patrons. Uh, we we are doing this now weekly because we have an incredible community of patrons at patreon.com uh, slash the MMcast that support the show and keep us going. And so we're going to start shouting out a couple patrons every week because you guys deserve to hear your name in print. Uh, Squire of Atlantis. Squire of Atlantis. Golf clap. I assumed you lived in Atlanta. Is that true? Squire of Atlantis? Yeah, lives in Atlanta. Atlanta? Yeah. Atlantis is a merfolk thing. Also, the city of and capital of Georgia. I've never been to Atlanta, but I'm going for the it's first, nice. It's I'm going really for nice. the first time in like three weeks. My wife lived there for like yeah. a year. I like went there like fifteen times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and also the next never person been to Atlantis, on Patreon, for the record. <laughs> I've been there. It's nice too. Yeah, okay, it's very, cool. very uh, moist. <laughs> uh, Alex Lancaster. Alex well, I believe he's been a long-term Patreon uh, supporter. That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, thank you guys so much. Uh, we love that you're able to help participate and uh, make sure to check out all the cool stuff that happens there. Um, all right. Now, my first choice 
and for the secret layers that you think should for be the made? secret and this is the tw- so this is the 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 hot take one i had on twitter when like these were all announced and this is snapcasters and oh, this would be an epic one though. so it has one snapcaster mage which it does break the rule a little <laughs> bit because it's it's like 80 bucks and they should be like 40 dollar packs <laughs> prohibitively expensive but that's like the one everything else is like a dollar okay uh kes descendant mage yeah, uh, which is cheap now, so you can throw that It's in. like a dollar. Yeah. I bought a hundred of them to give away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dreadhorde Arcanist. So sweet. Also cheap. Great card. Um, Torrential Gearhulk. Also great card. Love that card. Uh, Jace's Rin Prodigy. Yeah, so it's another kind of expensive one. It's not. It's like... Well, I mean, if you're already throwing in an $80 card, sure, sure, you're right, throwing sure, in sure. like a $25 So Jace's Rin Prodigy is, is, is a debatable one. And then one copy of the card Snap. Just, just for fun. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> they got a snap. Snap back can be in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're all creatures, so you don't, like, mission briefing doesn't go in there. So it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. If you, like, needed to make it cheaper, maybe you get rid of one of the expensive ones. Like, you, you get rid of Jace and Prince Project, mission, pro- briefing mission briefing. Yeah, I could, yeah. I could see that. Yeah. that. That'd be fun. I mean, those cards are so beloved by right. people. And, and like, they did they did Bitter Blossom, and Bitter Blossom was worth more than the $30 cost when they added it to right, this printing, right? right? So, like,. I think one of the things of this set that we didn't really talk about is they are a way to get cards to being cheaper, right? This now has an artificial influx of just this card. Yeah. Bitter Blossom will never be expensive again because this set was printed. Uh, so I got an, I'll go with my expensive one because uh, my, my two of mine are kind of cheaper or ish. But my expensive one is I would love a an, and this is 10 cards. So it's more. It's more. Mm-hmm. I would love an alt art cycle of all the commands. So, oh, cool. So, like, the original five from Lorwyn, uh, which there's only one of which that's really expensive, which is Cryptic Command. Right. And it's even not that expensive. Uh, and then the only one really from the second cycle that's actually expensive is Kologon's Command. Mm-hmm. So, it's really, I think you would have to make the price of the whole thing probably, like, 50 bucks or sure. so and that's, to justify. And that's something to be said. Like, they could make the Snapcaster Mage one a $60 secret yeah. layer. But I love the idea, because the thing about the commands that's so special and why I think this works People love the commands, even mm-hmm. if they're not that good necessarily, all of them. People like to play those cards because they're fun because they have multiple modes. Like Ojitai's Command, that's like one of my favorite cards. The card is not expensive at all, but I'm a huge fan of being able to do two things. I mean, Atarka's Command is great. Uh, the green-white one is really, really mm-hmm. good. I'm actually a big fan of Primal Command. I think mm-hmm. that card's really good. Profane Command, I've got a soft spot for. I would kill to have, like... Now, I don't know what the alternate art style would be on these commands. Well, for the dragon ones, that's easier, right? There's, like, really cool things you can do with those dragons. And maybe you find, like, five iconic dragons for the original five, right? Yeah, Like, right. you, like, find a blue dragon and a red dragon that like historically were famous, or maybe it's the, uh, uh, what's the Kamigawa dragons. Maybe it's all a style of like cool, like ancient Japanese uh, water painting kind of style or something like that. That'd be really cool. I think that's sweet. It's just, I mean, they're just cards that I would love to have unique versions of all the commands. Cause I find a way to play other than, I I think the only command, Maybe there's two that I never find a way to play, but I, the only one that I can really find that I never, ever play is blue-black. I think that's the only one that's mm-hmm. truly, like, basically unplayable. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, Yeah. I, I mean, like, and, like, Arcan- the white one is, like, a huge commander staple. Austere command is huge. Green is a huge staple in commander. Even the red. Uh, the red one is probably bad. the worst one of the first five. Yeah. Like, but I think, yeah, I agree. Uh, and I, the more I think about it, the more I like doing, like, old-style Asian water painting style because yeah. Tarkir is also the most Asian-influenced Plain Mongolian, in modern day. I thought that was Mongolian. Well, that's that's the so like there's five groups. Oh, cons and then dragons. The five dr- cons were all different regions. So uh, the Mardu were Mongolian, but got then it, um, the Turkish were Abzan, right? That was like yeah. kind of the big representation there. Yeah, and so there's okay. different. It's it's yeah. adjacent. It's spread out, <laughs> multi. Um, and then. 
Cool. That's sweet. All right. I, I think it'd be really fun. I would buy the crap out of that. Ruben, do you got one? I got one. All right. Squirrels. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Put because you have deranged to- hermit in there, nut collector, squirrel nest. Yeah. Just some tokens. Like, we don't even need to. We can just make it another Bitter Blossom set and just put Squirrel Nest and a bunch of squirrel tokens. I literally considered Deranged Hermit and his tokens was like one of the things that yeah. I had thought about. So yeah. I think that's fair. I think people would love that. Uh, the most recent one on Twitter was Mitchell Curran uh, brought up Cabal Coffers in Urborg as Ooh, just like. That'd be good. Swamps. All swamps. What do yeah. you got as your number two? Uh, my number two is uh, Dies to Removal. Ah. So it's Bolt, Path, Push, Veil of Summer, and Vapor Snag. Okay. Veil of Summer and Vapor Snag. Well, Veil of Summer was a conceit to the fact that green doesn't have a good removal spell. Like right. it, historically in modern, the five most playable ones are yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. are are Birds or Noble yeah. Hierarch, and then um, yeah. Blue has Serum Visions, right? But what are the removal spells for though? Veil of Summer, I think, works for me because it's like with, the stop to those. I'm good with Vapor Snag. I think that's mm. clever. I, I'd be into that because I like the card Vapor mm. Snag. Uh, green, I think. Just because they all have to cost one is the problem. They all summer cost one. No, I know. I'm just trying to think. There's like a proper like anything that's right. Kind there's of prey upon removal spell. Yeah, prey upon. That's a but like but that's, who cares? Right. That's that's kind of the point. Like this. That's that yeah. is the most exciting green removal spell. It's a counter right. spell. I, I could also see the blue being more of something like uh uh what's the counter two drop? Oh yeah, spell snare. It's like a mm. spell snare kind of situation. That's fair. That would be that would be the other one I was bouncing back and forth on. I'd, I'd Obviously, love- red, black, and white's like very yeah. obvious what they sure. should be and then blue and green were like toss-ups it's gonna be hard to convince me that there is a cooler lightning bolt to own right now than the gp promo because it's just such a good lightning bolt it's so beautiful i mean you can own alpha lightning bolts <laughs> yeah you can <laughs> that's a fair point. Fair point. i really love the gp promo though and yeah. i was able to i'm able i was able to go to enough events to get four of those oh nice so i have a set of those i have like i have i think like 24 or 25 lightning bolts now mm-hmm. because i've like i have all the old ones plus then all all the different promos and i bought all yeah anyway so um plus every time we do a stupid chaos draft i see i always manage to open one and draft it so mm-hmm. then i just like all, all the extra ones anyway uh my, my number two would be a merfolk set so i think i would just call it lords lords of atlantis so what about would, squires of atlantis yeah, yeah, squires, yeah. squires of, of atlantis. atlantis yes <laughs> so it's either it would either go one of two directions here either you would have lord of atlantis merfolk uh wait merfolk not merfolk uh, per, uh merfolk the, er. not the captain of the pearl trident the, the 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 functional oh, reprint of Lord yeah. Atlantis. Sure. Uh, what the heck? Master. Master of the Pearl Trident. Uh, Mero Regery, Coral Helm Commander. And if you wanted to just keep it to blue, you could go Merfolk Sovereign. But if right. you wanted to dip into blue-green, you could go right here with Merfolk Mistbinder behind me. That's one way you could do it. It's a little redundant. I think the other maybe cooler way would be to go with Lord of Atlantis and Master of the Pearl Trident. And then the supporting pieces. So a Silvergill Adept, mm. a Curse Catcher, maybe a Master of Waves. But like... The sweet alt art versions of like the most played Merfolk, the ones that end up in like every single competitive Merfolk deck, mm-hmm. that'd be really fun to own. Because I think of a lot of those cards, there's almost no alt art. You can get like Mare Regery. Not Mer- yeah, Mare Regery has he, alt art, and got, then yeah. and then the the one that was in um, Ixlon. Yes. One. So Silver Girl Adept actually has a really, really cool game, full art game day promo that I that I have. That's got great art. And then there's a bunch of versions of Lord of Atlantis. But a lot of these other cards, I think you could do some really unique fun art. I think that's cool because like the cost of Merfolk is Aether Vial and, and Cavernous Souls. So you're not really like undercutting the cost of the deck. Every other one's pretty cheap. Lord so you of can Atlantis have, like, is a cool... the only expensive one. He's like 10 bucks maybe. And that's not. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be really cool. I like that idea. Um, next, uh, I'm going to get one from the chat on YouTube. We got Ben Loper. Uh, he wants to do a Christmas themed gruel 
uh, Gruel deck, uh, Secret Lair. So, like, he calls it Gruel Friends. But basically, you do, like, Burgamos and Rurkthar and Domri Raid, probably, and maybe, like, other some other kind of iconic Gruel Stang. cards. Uh, Skang, um, and then uh, I would even like Atarka's Command if your thing sure. doesn't happen would be cool. Where just like red green cards and just make it very Christmassy because it's uh, Secret Layers come out right before yeah. Christmas, right? So it's like they can be like wearing Christmas hats. You could do them in like old style. If someone, if they'd be willing to print like the old style uh, uh, claymation animation cartoons like Red Nose a Reindeer, but like make Burgamos <laughs> that <Yeah>. style. <laughs> I buy that card immediately. So my last, I have, I have two more ideas. One is the really obvious one that I think people would go nuts over if they did. Mm-hmm. The other one is one that I just think is awesome. So the obvious one that I think probably people would go crazy is if they did a, if they gave us an alt art foil cycle of the enlightened tutor, vampire tutor cycle. So you get, because there is still no foil worldly tutor. Oh still yeah, that would be cool, right? So you get that. You get vamp tutor is the really ex- the expensive card. You get a mystical tutor in there. You get a uh, enlightened tutor in there, mm-hmm. and then red has gamble. That's yeah. the red's yeah. gamble. Red's that you. And worst case scenario, if vampiric tutor is too expensive, you could do demonic tutor or right. like there's yeah. there's so many black ones. It doesn't have to be the one mana one. It could be a little bit off cycle because gamble doesn't put it on top of your library. So yeah, it's, yeah. So it's a little yeah. So if you want, but I think I think those would be cool because I definitely know that worldly tutor needs another printing. We mm-hmm. we all have acknowledged we've we have literally had Gavin look at us in the face and say i didn't realize that (laughs) i'll look into that uh so that um but yeah so that'd be the one but i think the one that would be cooler is i would love absolutely freaking love if they did a an is it cost reducer cycle so you get an alt art version of goblin electromancer an alt art version of baral and then you get only sweet is it cards that have colorless and the cost nice. you, get, you get an electrolyze in there uh-huh. because you want to make it current sure. you probably get a you probably get a rouse outburst in there okay yep. you get like a ionize yeah like an ionize in there because these are cards that i like i think mm-hmm. every single player in the world Love loves when you get to put down the two drop and then and you, you can put up fat past and flames or something good, good. yeah yeah, yeah. But I think that would be so much fun if you if you wanted to get outside of the idea that it had to be only uh, blue red spells. Mm. You could throw in a remand and a magma jet for fun, just because like having those are sweet. But I think that would be such an awesome one. Like I, having all our versions of those cards would blow my mind. Fire ice, oh, give Ooh. me all our fire ice in there. Uh, so it. hollow crow on Twitter at Tucker Crow. Uh, a reanimation themed one. So reanimation, sure. necromancy, animate dead, dance of the dead, dread to turn in on burial rites. Yeah. It'd be Just epic. like a I sweet like, it. like set of, of yeah. cool. And you could do like really cool artwork with those. Yeah. Very flavorful. There's a way. So there's a number of themes that these can fall into. One of them is creature types, beloved creature types, obviously like slivers, elves, goblins. Those are home runs, no matter what's in them. Um, decks, as we'd mentioned a little mm-hmm. bit, Reanimator. Well, they did like uh, they did Dredge, Red right? They Dredge got dredge. like three key cards. So you dredge. could also do like Collected Company, Vizier of Remedies, uh, Court of Calling, Devoted Druid, oh, yeah. Code, Court of Calling, Viserysir, or something like that, right? Like that would be uh, uh, one of these box sets. It encourages too. players to to build these decks. Right. Right. I think that's right. cool. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the fun thing is that we all came from a time. This might have even been a little before you played, because you came in in, like, what, 2012, 11? 10, 2010, 10. 29, 2009, When did they stop the player awards program officially? Like, like, like right yeah. after I started right after playing. Right? I couldn't have, I, like, was able, people I was playing with had them readily available, and I could trade them for them yeah. pretty freely, but I was never, I, like, by the time I figured out what you had to do to be able to get that, I was no longer viable to be able to get it. <laughs> I think I got one year's worth of them, or not even a year's worth. Mm. I think I signed up, and it's like, because... Yeah, it's, I, I think I nine ten is when I got some. But, like, I just remember thinking, like, 
why on earth? I realize the cost is why they stopped because it wasn't right. it was not beneficial at all for them to be just making these expensive cards and sending them mm-hmm. out. But like the, your idea of, of having these as available as a, as a monthly loot crate effectively is such a fun thing. I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. I would love to have snap by. fancy, cool magic cards show up to my house every month. Mm-hmm. Like mine would be blown. And you can even do it where like you have a monthly subscription and then every month, every store gets like a couple. Right, like sure. if you want to help, that, I think that's like the one worry people have with the secret layer product in general is that just um, LGSs are kind of being undercut through this process. And how do we want to support them with this type of product? And that, yeah, I think there's cool different ways to do it. I don't have any issue whatsoever if the program was run exclusively through LGS signups and you had to register through your LGS. Sure. I would and- prefer it. Yeah, yeah. LGS basically makes like a 20% cut on the exchange. Wizards is determining the price in the first place anyway. Now, maybe if you're somebody who lives far from your store, you don't want to have to drive to the store every month. It can ship to your house, but you would need to sign up at the store. That's the how other, you do it. The other big problem that I've seen comments in the chat about this as well is that it's tough to get outside of the United States. Sure, yeah. sure. So if you connect it to an LGS, it, that sort of exacerbates that problem. Right, you, they, there's a distribution model to get to them that's already kind of solved. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a good idea. Um, I had one other idea. Uh, it's all the noggles and one boggle. This was my idea. I gave it to you, I gave it to you off camera. Just for the record. Just call it boggles and then just only noggle cards. <laughs> I love it. It's so sweet. The other one that I thought of was uh, the Commander Starter Kit. And it's Soul Ring, Arcane Signet, Cyclonic Rift... Um, oh, what yeah. are the other cards that you just, just put like in every staples. deck? Yeah, yeah, Psych Rift. Yeah, random the, the, the ones that you just like have to play. Right. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, all right, so that's going to wrap up our discussion on the Secret Lair product, which sure. I think looks very, really, really, really exciting. There were some other kind of crazy things that happened in Magic this week. We had massive, massive bans and Pioneer announced yesterday, as they've been doing every single week, and we're going to get to those in just one quick second. Before we do. couple quick shout-outs. I mentioned patreon.com slash the MMCast already. Be sure to follow along with all the stuff that we're doing on Twitter. We have a Twitter at the MMCast. Alex is usually pretty active on that Twitter. You can follow us personally at Ben Bateman Media and Kess Wiley. And check out our Facebook group. We've got a big, active Facebook group with like 6,000 people. Masters of Modern Facebook group. Yeah, the, the other thing we want to make sure to shout-out is uh, the Twitch. So basically, right now, you are able to watch live shows every Tuesday of the podcast on uh, our Twitch channel for the podcast, which is... Uh, twitch.tv slash mmcast i am also started streaming once a week uh, i am uh at or slash kesco so twitch.tv slash kesco you can i'm affiliated i hit affiliate you could subscribe even and follow uh if you subscribe you get a yoda drinking a cup of soup emote is the the wow. starting emote so check that out oh you know what, the last thing to promote for me just because this is exciting uh if you guys have ever heard me once or twice on this show talk about the movie trivia showdown it's this thing that i'm a part of it's a it's basically a live movie trivia game show with all the flair of world wrestling federation um I am playing in the first ever Schmodan Spectacular live this wow. this weekend. It's almost sold out. There's like, I think, nine tickets left total. Um, I'm opening the event in a tournament final, and if I win that opening event, then I'm going to be playing at the end of the night for the singles championship. It's about 300 seats. It's the biggest event, five matches we've ever done. It's insane, and uh, there's a meet and greet and, and, and everything afterwards. So if anybody has ever wondered what it is and wants to come hang out, it's going to be an unbelievable event. Go to the schmodownlive.com or you know, tweet at me if you're curious about it. It's going to be an unbelievable weekend. I still, I still got to get in on that with my – because we've talked about movie trivia a lot. If, you have, if you're not watching, dude, it'll blow your mind. It's a, it's a professional I'm, I'm sport excited. at this yeah. point. So anyway, uh, I think we should get into these Pioneer bands, though. Yeah, so the first one band was Field of the Dead. 
And I think that that as a card, we have a longer conversation to go over. So I want to get to the other two quickly. Uh, Copter was banned. This is the sad one because I love Copter. I think the play of Copter is really fun. It also took the aggro decks, kind of like cut them out of the knees. It was like the main aggro threat available to those decks. From a modern perspective, this card has been available forever and has never made it work. Like it was never strong enough for modern. It was always too strong. It was definitely too strong for standard. And now it's too strong for pioneer. It's a good indicator of the difference in power level. Um, that this card was banned because it has never really made an impact in modern mm-hmm. and it, it's a very very important card in pioneer for a couple reasons sure the biggest of which i think is that the power level of planeswalkers has been pushed so much now in the last couple years mm-hmm. they're so significant as cards and as a card type right now but modern is just of a high enough power level that it does play the planeswalkers like it obviously you know we, we're playing teferi and we're playing oko and things like that in modern but you you can still beat planeswalkers by just doing other things that ignore them and win the game. Whereas in Pioneer, they're so powerful that if if you if you're playing against somebody who just gets that stuff down and you don't have enough answers for the planeswalkers, mm-hmm. those it, they're too good. So Copter was one of the really really good ways for people to take those out, and it was becoming kind of ubiquitous for several reasons. The it's, aggro decks liked it, but also that was great against planeswalkers. Right. It's a, it's a colorless card. It was in, it's interesting because it, it kind of is like. For me, it feels like the line between the power level of modern and and, and pioneer, and it's similar. We so uh, I guess it on the and I'm getting the name right because it's the Praetors is like the group, but their podcast is called the Reflections of the Council podcast. Uh, yesterday, um, and we were talking about commander and uh, should planeswalkers be commanders? But one of the conversations we kind of had is like the level of like the power level line in in, in commander in general, and we kind of realized that. Or maybe me and Michael had this conversation as a follow-up, but like Tamio or uh, six mana Narset is the line where if you play at a commander table and there's a Narset player across from you, are you across the line? Is this too powerful for like? Is this if if I'm scared of this, I'm a non-competitive commander deck. If I'm if I'm sorry, if I'm not scared of this, I'm a competitive commander. You're talking deck. about Narset that that draws the deck and goes crazy and wins the game, right? Yeah, yeah the one that oh. make, gets you extra turns. So six mana Narset. So so this yeah. is just in commander in general yeah, yeah, yeah. is like the perfect line of what commander competitive commander is. Right, people so, are like, "Are we playing uh, tier one decks?" Then I'll take out my Narset deck. Well, right? well, it's it's more like <laughs> if someone takes out a, a Narset deck and you are afraid of it, yeah. then you are a casual commander player. If someone takes a Narset deck out and you are like not worried about it, you're a competitive commander player because beating Narset's not hard. It's just for new players, it's impossible, and for old hat players or or people who are just trying to have a fun time, she's unfun to play against. It's literally like. It- if you're a commander player that can interact consistently yeah. and you have a deck that is reactive on some level and can deal with threats on a consistent basis, right. you'll be fine. If you're a deck that like wants to make lots of tokens and build a big mountain that you're standing on top of that's mm-hmm. really fun and ignore your opponents because the game's supposed to be fun, you'll just lose because the card will beat you. That's the point. Right. And and the way we, we talked about this is the new Tamiya with... Uh, uh, with doubling season, that's kind of a similar thing. It's not hard to beat Tommy with doubling season, but if you don't know what's happening or you're not prepared, you won't be able to handle it. So this, it's cool that there's like this line mm-hmm. of what's competitive and what's casual. And I think that Narset and commander is that. And I think for modern and pioneer, it's stopped. It's, 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 it's mother copter. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think copter is a great card. It's a really fun card. It's a card that I, I like love playing. It also pairs really, really well with one of my all time favorite cards, grand architect. Which sure. Obviously it's not in pioneer, but um, I've always been fascinated with the card. Smuggler's copter. I yeah. tried to build it in, in basically every format that I'm able to play it. Mm-hmm. It makes me sad that it's gone, um, but I know that this format is still figuring it out and it's still kind of getting its bearings. So it is what it is. Yeah, I would have, if I was Lord of the Universe, I would have waited on it. I think getting rid of 
Uh, and the other card that was banned was Once Upon a Time. Getting rid of Once Upon a Time and Field of the Dead makes sense because they are problematic cards for different reasons. Mm-hmm. But leaving Copter to kind of like see what it looks like post fact that lets you kind of see does it do we need to actually get and rid of I this think card? that they would have done that had Mono Black not taken over the format. Sure. Yes. Like let's just think for a second that for a week and a half Night Market Lookout was the best one drop in a format for a second, <laughs> which is great. Um, but yeah, uh, it was about twice as popular as the next most popular mm-hmm. deck, including decks with Once Upon a Time or Field of the Dead. So if it weren't that ubiquitous, they probably would have waited on it if it were 10% of the field instead of 16% of right. the field. But as is... And I think that's a little bit of an issue with the way that this weekly bannings thing is happening in some ways. Um, like, I actually really like that they did the no banning thing and are going into mm-hmm. it. But because it's every single week, like people are probably a little bit more reticent to invest in more expensive things. So a mono black deck is going to be a larger percentage of the field because for the most part, it's cheap. True. You don't need dual lands. You don't need to figure this out. You can just kind of go for it. And so I think that has a grain of salt that goes along with everything. But I do think I agree that like it was, it was just slightly too popular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, there's not good removal for it. Do you think that, do you think that now without Copter um, that you're going to see the Planeswalker decks get even better? Do you think that like Oko is more of a threat now without Copter? It will be. Uh, yeah. The Simic aggro decks were already pretty good. Um, the card I'm most concerned about after these bannings is Nexus of Fate. Yeah, I think sure. that that's going to be not that's not long for this world. Get your Nexus of Fate deck in now, like ah. because that's going to get banned next time. Like I, I, I've been playing a lot of Historic recently, and Nexus of Fate just makes that format miserable. Yeah, it's just Stupid a, a Nexus of cards fate. a problem. Yeah, Stupid <laughs> Nexus of Fate, the the the, uh, the the playing playing Magic in first class game against you, where I milled you out with Grindstone combo. Oh yeah, so I don't know if everyone knows this happened. So we travel a lot for work, and we play. That's where I play Highlander Roulette the most, and so he has the game because he has Grinding Stone and Painter Servant in play, mm. and mills me out. And I'm smugly smiling the whole time because <laughs> he doesn't know that Nexus of Fate is my deck and I have I have 10 mana in play. So he literally just like removes my deck, puts that into play. I have a threat, a creature in play. He's tapped out now because he played the combo and I just take infinite turns. <laughs> I was so annoyed. I was like, there's no way you're right about this. Let me read mm-hmm. the card again. And you were like, it works. This is what the deck is. It's a hundred <laughs> card format. I have one of these in the deck. It's That's how it works. That's why I put it there because <laughs> I knew, I basically realized once uh, they printed a full foil version of Grindstone that this was a thing I had to be worried about. And so I just put a way to not die to it in every deck. Yeah. Well, we'll see how these games go because we get yeah. to go to New York tomorrow. So we'll play some magic tomorrow. That's night. true. I have to make sure I pack that. Yeah. Um, so the next, um, but yeah, I, I think Field of the Dead is where we really yeah. want to end the, the episode talking about because that's so it's interesting, right? So, so Scapeshift and Valakut has been a, a pillar in modern since the since the unbanning of Valakut, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. It was the format started with a ban and they unbanned mm-hmm. it like four, three, four years ago. Yeah, it was it was a Scapeshift with there was the Scapeshift. What's the enchantment that makes everything the same color? Prismatic Omen. Prismatic Omen. Valakut decks in uh, Super Extended mm-hmm. back in the day. Obviously, Valakut was the best deck in Standard for the th- four months before uh, Feast and Famine was printed yeah. in um, Scars of Mirrodin block. Right, and then, then Cobblade happened. Right. Um, and, um, and then they unbanned Valakut in Modern. It started banned because of its dominance in Standard and dominance in 
um, super extended. Once it was unbanded modern, it kind of did something. It was like a deck that showed up. It wasn't too good. Then they uh, printed Dig Through Time, and then it became the third best deck in the format or fourth best deck in the format. The weird thing is that then they got rid of Dig Through Time, but it still managed to be good. And there's there's other reasons. Hour of Promise was a, was a really good addition to the Scape Shift decks for a while. Well, just it, it became at that point it was a blue. It was a rug deck that just like. Yeah cheated with dual lands to have as many mountain slash yeah. other colors mm-hmm. in play, but was really a blue green deck. <laughs> then they printed, then they just became a red green primeval Titan scape shift, trying to cheat primeval Titan into play with, um, the, the fast makes it go fast. Yeah. Through the breach, through the breach, like through the breach scape shift decks. And then eventually now it's just Titan shift decks where it's just like primeval Titan's a good card, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the interesting thing about this is, is, you know, that, that's one of the most impactful unbannings that Modern's had so far. The unbanning of Valakut in the end, if you look at how good Valakut has been as a card. It's in the top five. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, obviously it's it's in combination with Scapeshift. But one of the things that we really haven't talked about very much is that Field of the Dead is the closest thing that was printed to Valakut since Valakut. It's a very similar mm-hmm. play pattern. It, it works on the same metric of seven lands and da- dominated standard in a very similar way mm-hmm. to the point that it got banned. So. Valkut never got banned in standard. Is it because like why has Field of the Dead not been impactful in modern to this point? Is it I think it's I think it's two things, right? And and it, I wouldn't say it's not been impactful because it is seeing play. Like uh, uh Amulet Titan decks are playing it. Um I think the first thing is that just modern takes longer to adjust to these things. I think also we're in the off season of modern. There's not a lot of high profile tournaments. So, and it's not a PTQ season. So people aren't grinding as much to figure out new things and to try new things in those decks. Um, And I also think that it has a little bit, it is a colorless land that comes into play tapped versus a land that produces a colored mana that comes into play tapped. Right. So it's harder for three color decks just to kind of throw it in the deck willy nilly. I think my, my guess would be, one of the things is colors. That's one of the things that, that makes a clear difference for me. The second, I think the second thing is that if you're building a Valakut deck primarily, it's going to assume that if you get your combo off, you're going to 18 them, mm-hmm. and you're going to deal 18 damage with six mountains entering all at once, and you will win the game on the spot. They won't get a chance to respond. They won't get a chance to untap. And if your deck is working, you're going to win. Field of the Dead is really good, but if you do the exact same maneuver with Field of the Dead, you get a bunch of creatures... And then they get a turn, mm-hmm. and then you get to attack with those creatures. Not only that, but you're getting two damage per land entering, not three damage. So if you did the exact same thing, and they don't mess with you at all, you're going to attack for 14 the next turn. That's like the exact same maneuver. It's like a lot worse and way easier to interact with. Except for, except for I think Field of the Dead has more a home index that want it as a grindier win condition, right? Like Valakut, we kind of had a really similar conversation. We talked about Ayula's influence versus seismic assault where like Ayula's influence is a better card. And the reason is because getting a two drop or a four drop just randomly and being able to attack for it with a while, instead of just like, I only am good if I win and I'm terrible if I lose, like, this card is going to do a lot more for you. It's going to stall the game out, right? Like, yes, if you get Valakut going, you win. But if you aren't able to get it going and the requirements to get Valakut going is a lot harder, you need all mountains. This just needs lands with different names. And so I could just start getting like two zombies. Okay, I can block your creatures forever. Like you'll never be able to get in with a single creature into me ever again. The problem is I think that if you're going to go for like a grindier inevitability engine that, that works on a colorless axis in modern. The first thing that I'm going to do is go to Tron, not this card. I would I will play Tron because my threats are extremely powerful and I'm playing colorless cards and 
I can do it faster than the Field of the Dead decks are really going to take over. If I want to do it in another way, probably Urza is just better because it takes me a few turns and I get set up and then I just win the game either with like a combo or even just like Psy making one ones and killing you. But I, I think that the problem with Tron is that Tron is another, this deck has to be doing Tron, right? You can't just throw Tron into Junt. I think you could throw Field of Dead in your Tron side or in your Junt sideboard right now. Like, I think people are maybe wrong not doing so. First off, Jun is a deck where I love bringing in a sideboarded land because just there are matchups where having more lands than my opponent is how I win. And B, that deck already has like seven different types of dual lands that it's playing. It's playing the the sack ones. It's playing the horizon lands. It's playing fetch lands. It's playing shock lands. It's playing fast lands. It's playing man lands. And so that's enough of a variety that field of dead is kind of just on already. And so just being able to get it into play where you're playing Jun versus blue white where, like, how does Blue White beat Field of the Dead? <laughs> no, that's really good. I think your version of John 2, the one that you've been messing with for the last year, the, oh, like the Life the from the Loam version. Things, sure. I think if you're playing it in that, like, really grindy Life from the Loam version, mm -hmm. it gets especially good. Well, because then you're yeah. one copy. It, you're going to end up drawing at most games no matter what. And it's better It's better with Renin 6, right? Because, like, it makes your Renin yeah. 6 late game a lot better. You're getting double triggers. So now every time you plus Renin 6, you're getting a fetch land fetching for a land, getting two zombies into play. Like, that's a lot of power to be able to pull off. Not to mention your opponent, like... Yeah, and, like, even we were talking about on the walk when we got this coffee that I'm drinking. <laughs> this episode's brought to you by Starbucks. It's not. It's not. It would be great if it was. <laughs> I actually really would love a LaCroix sponsorship, so if everyone could just tweet out LaCroix and ask them to sponsor us. Um, LaCroix. It's LaCroix. They're from Minnesota, or yeah. the Midwest. Uh, <laughs> they're not French. Uh... Alex has clearly had this conversation with somebody <laughs> and is proud of that opinion. You couldn't tell. Uh, but blue-white playing Field of the Dead also out of their sideboard because they're also in a similar situation. They have a bunch of colors. They're easier. Like, I think two-color mid-range decks are better positioned to take advantage of it because of the colorless issue. Jund has to play Ren and Six. It has to play Thoughtseize into Ren and Six into Liliana the Veil, which is a, like, very mana-intensive curve, while Blue-White, like, is already playing Field of Ruin. So, like, adding this into the deck as just a sideboard option or even main deck, where then, like, late game, you're just getting tokens to protect your Planeswalkers or just to start attacking with, I think is very valuable. In Old Modern, when Celestial Colonnade and Raging Ravine would win the games, this is just, like, a grindier version of that same idea. It's it's And it's better because it costs no mana. Yeah. I just get zombies while I'm doing other stuff. <laughs> so the other... The, the problem that I see with... Uh, field of the dead for modern specifically is that modern is in a in a spot right now where it is the least dominated by one deck mm -hmm. making grindier strategies more difficult because you need to diversify your threats and it's also the least grindy format like mm -hmm. it's the fastest format right now um whereas legacy can go on forever um even standard is pretty grindy right now with your cat oven decks and so you know we would definitely be seeing field um, but, you know, there'd be a bunch of different problems with it in standard, but even camera because that's where even even compared, <laughs> sorry, even compared to, to to pioneer to legacy, it is the least grindy of the formats, and it has the most format diversity. And so, if if it homogenizes a little bit, if you know, if uh, Urza decks become more popular than they currently are, or Death Shadow decks become more popular than they currently are, and you can um, homogenize your 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 the Removal stuff that's sweep. around your yeah exactly. If you can homogenize the spells in your deck to not have a singleton deck with your singleton spells and singleton lands, then uh, then things are going to get better for Field in Modern. I don't know how uh, Death Shadow deck 
if you actually get your engine going, can win. I mean, I'd like... Deathshot, it, wait, wait, Deathshot is right now the be- one of the no, best decks I'm saying if you can get oh, Field of Dead, Field of going, Dead going, it's so hard for that deck to beat sure, you. Sure, it's sure, playing sure. Deathshadow and Gurmag Angler as its primary threats or like sometimes yeah, Snapcaster yeah. Mage to try to push in. Like, like, if you can... like that, this, Yes, I think if Deathshadow becomes a bigger piece of the format, Field of the Dead becomes a much more attractive piece of If you can of, get uh, it going fast, card. it's like really right. good. I mean, it, it, at that point, it's just do you have Team or Battle Rage or not? Yeah, um, right, exactly, yeah. exactly, so... And I can stop Team or Battle Rage. Yeah. Got, there's, there's counter match. Yeah, if you're playing it in your... Exactly. If you're playing it in your blue-white deck, then Team or Battle Rage is like the card you want cast against you because you have Path to Exiles and Counter Spells. Yeah, so. right. Exactly. So. Plus, you can use your Path on your own creature to get Field of Dead oh, tokens. Oh, brother. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's <laughs> good value. Let me just turn this Path Whoa. to Exile. Let me just turn this Path to Exile into a 2-2. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a good... One mana 2-2s two are, are legendary creatures. Look, they've so never printed a flat... They've never printed a 2-2 two, two for one that has Flash that is white. So I'll just... It's I'll true. stay right there. Uh, wait. Yeah. Oh, yep. no. For one. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say they printed White Man Lion, yeah, but... Yeah, so. That costs two mana. I know. You need one of these is it cost reducers to target oh, cats. Right. Sweet. <laughs> anyway, guys, I think we got to wrap the episode up yeah. for the day. Those are the uh, bannings in Pioneer this week. Uh, a little bit of a discussion about Field of the Dead in Modern. Secret Lair. Secret Lair, which is exciting we, stuff. And we would love, so in the comments on this video that you're watching or on Twitter or wherever you're seeing this, or if you're listening to this car, pull over right now and tweet at us. Um, don't do it while driving. Uh, what secret layers you want to see? I would love to like other cool ideas. Do you want all Snapcaster mages? Do you want just all Noggles in a Boggle? Uh, do you want the Command Cycle? I love the Command Cycle. I think that was my favorite one that we came all up with. All Noggles in a Boggle. Yeah, all Noggles in a Boggle. Alex's memoir. <laughs> new 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 band. <laughs> Boggles Boggle and the Noggles. Boggle and the Noggles. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. All, all just all of them with guitars, just like donkey people. <laughs> kind of like a, like like a, what's the. All right, never mind. Okay, so (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys so much. Thanks, everyone watching on the show. Remember, remember there are uh, hot takes every Monday. Check out YouTube to find those out. It's a a five-minute-ish episode that um, you get to listen to there, exclusive to that. Uh, Every Tuesday, we do a live show at noon or one. Uh, Every Wednesday, the audio feed comes out for podcast listeners. Every Thursday, we have an edited version of the video uh, with card art, and it's all pretty, and you don't have all the nonsense you don't want. Um, and then if you are a Patreon member, you get access to the live stream raw audio feed uh, after it airs. And then I'm live streaming once a week. You can follow me at uh, twitch.tv slash Kesco, or I'll stream it to the YouTube channel. Um, and Ben is on like 80 different media things. Just like Google Ben Bateman, and it'll be him in a suit. And you can something. go find him in places. Yeah, and I'm going to be at Portland. Uh, I'm going to be at Portland in a few weeks playing standard. So hang out with me there, guys. I can't wait to do it. It's going to be a great, great weekend. If I scrub out early in day one, I'll play a lot of mystery drafts. Oh, and I'll be at a, and I'll be at Command Fest DC. Uh, I'll I'll be jamming Commander games for the whole thing and just having a great time. Yeah. So tweet at us, guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be back live next Monday at one o'clock. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Ruben. <laughs> This has been a production of Time Traveler Media, sending podcasts into the future.